Joe, come up here. Growing up, maybe, maybe you, uh, you played this game, but it kind of went something like this. Uh, you can kind of stand over here, where you kind of grab hands, in, interlock, interlock fingers like this. Okay, you play this game, and then you kind of you know, go at one another, and you kind of fight like this, right? You, you played this game? What, what is this game called? Mercy. It's called Mercy. And so at some point, w- one person uh, screams out, like, in, you know, pain and like, stop, right? Play? I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt him. He's got a broken what? I broke his finger, he said. We didn't play. I broke his finger. So it's a good thing we didn't really play. But that game, um, in a lot of ways, depicts the, the picture of, of mercy when, when someone cries out for mercy, um, depicting like, like, have pity on me. Like, have compassion, like, stop the pain, right? Um, so today we're, we're, looking at, we're looking at mercy. Um, and I, I want to start, first and foremost, in thinking about mercy um, from, the, from the perspective of the character of God. Um, an incredible Bible thinker named A.W. Tozer uh, said this, what comes to mind when you think about God is one of the most, or is the most important thing about you? And he goes on to say the reason why is because from that you build everything else from how you view God. And I'm with him. Like, I fully, fully believe that. Um, today as we talk about mercy, uh, here's what I want to do is I want to give you like a, a quick picture of mercy versus grace. Uh, I want to draw some lines, and in a second here, I'm going to tell you that you can't, we can't really do what I'm about to do. Okay, so, um, so here we go. Rick talked last week about grace, so let me give some kind of wordage to help depict, uh, I believe this is going to be up, uh, up on the screen, um, mercy versus grace. So mercy is this idea of withholding wrath, okay, so God not giving us or someone not giving you what you deserve, okay? Grace, on the other hand, would be what Rick uh, spent a lot of time on last week is this unmerited favor, this, this giving. So gr- mercy is like on, on some levels withholding and grace in a lot of ways is, is giving. Okay, so a simple sentence that could kind of, I'm about to, you know, destroy what I'm saying right now in a second, um, but that could kind of depict mercy and grace is mercy is what kept us from God's wrath for the Christian. Um, grace gave us his love. Okay, um, at the heart of the concept of mercy is the love of God. Okay, but here's, here's where we have to be really careful. Because you can't fully dichotomize these. Okay, I can't fully say, okay, last week we did grace, and we're going to talk about grace, and this week we're going to talk about mercy. And you're, like, some, a lot of what I'm going to say today is going to sound similar to grace. It's going to sound like faithfulness. It's going to sound like love. Okay, it's, it's almost like this triple, quadruple, helix, strand of DNA that's intricately interwoven, and you can't just take a knife and real neatly cut it. Because yes, while mercy is withholding wrath, on some level is not withholding wrath somewhat of an expression of of love? Isn't that somewhat of an expression of grace? You see what I'm saying? So as we navigate this this morning, we can't just draw these perfect lines of here's what mercy is in and of itself. 
That's why there's numerous Hebrew and Greek words that depict the word mercy. And oftentimes are synonymous with loving kindness, pity, compassion, grace. So we've got to be careful that we don't try to completely dichotomize this. Um, here's oftentimes my understanding of, of this idea of mercy um, in the Old Testament versus in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we see God being a God of wrath, right? God of justice and vengeance, and he's just ticked off, right? And then the New Testament, you got like a God that's merciful, gracious, and kind. Um, when my time this week, I, I found out that mercy comes out in the Old Testament four times more than in the New Testament. Four times more. And in a second, we're going to look at a couple stories that depict mercy. Okay? Mercy is the character of God expressed mainly to the covenant people of God. Okay? To his people, to Christians. Now, um, I believe that mercy is also expressed to unbelievers. Okay? Why? Because if mercy is withholding the wrath of God, then there's some level where a person who's not confessed Christ, um, the Bible says that they're under the wrath of God, but they're not fully under the wrath of God, right? So they're experiencing mercy. They taste the same food that we taste, okay? We experience the same types of pain. Like we live on this earth. It's, it's an expression of God's mercy and God's grace. Okay, we'll talk in a bit about that withholding of mercy for the unbelievers will come to an end um, at some point. But there's two words that, that come together to depict this idea of mercy. It's the word compassion and the word pity. Okay? Um, if you ever walked by and seen a terrible event, maybe let's take, for example, the tornadoes. Okay? Um, and the one that happened a couple years ago, the one that just happened. And there's something within you that when you see that, you're like broken, right? It just does something to you. Especially when it's someone in our fellowship that's life has just been turned upside down. Right? It just does something to you. Okay? That's the idea of, of, of pity, of, of this, this sorrow, but it leads to action. So pity and compassion are this, this picture of an urgent desire to aid in the midst of hardship and suffering okay so it's not just an emotion it's not just this emotional reality but it's attached very specifically with action deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 31 puts it like this for the lord your god is a merciful god he will not leave you or destroy you praise his name or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Okay? That's a picture of God's, God's activity. Okay? God just isn't passively feeling sorry for us and pitying us, but he's actively displaying his, his mercy. So here's my definition of mercy. Um, the expression of God's love whereby he rescues us with his hand of compassion. The expression of God's love... Okay, so mercy is an expression of God's love. At the heart of mercy is the love of God. It's an expression of God, God's love whereby he rescues, he reaches down and rescues us 
this hand of compassion. So it's emotion and action. Um, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 19. Or click on your screens to Genesis chapter 19. Whichever you have. I want to look at the mercy of God in the, in the life of Lot. So Lot uh, is presently living in the, in the land of uh, Sodom. Living in the land of Sodom. And he has an encounter with two angels. Here they are. Uh, verse, uh, Genesis 19, verse 1. It says this, For the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. He said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread. And they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the peoples, to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are you? Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out that we may know them. Now this wasn't an interaction of we just want to hang out and talk. These men from all over the city came and wanted to have sex with these other men that are representatives of God. Angels. Okay, keep reading. A lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. So, so literally, he's, you know, it's like he's, he opened the door and he peeked his head out and he sees all these men that are wanting to get into um, these other men, these angels. And literally at this point, he, he sneaks out the door and he shuts the door behind him. And he's like, guys, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do this, okay? And he's like pleading with them. That's the picture. Keep going. I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. And then he does. Like, as a father, he does what I'm just like, are you serious? Verse 8, behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let them bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. So he offers his daughters in exchange. Parental failure at at that point. Verse 9. Um, but they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Okay, so they begin to threaten him and come after him. Then they pressed hard against the man lot and drew near to break the door down. And notice what happens, verse 10. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. So these angels literally grab, grab Lot and pull him in the house. And they're like, lock the door, bar the door, board up the door. And they, they pull him in. Verse 11, and they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they, they wore themselves out, groping for the door. 
Verse 12. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, daughters, sons, or anyone you have in the city. Bring them out of the place. For, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So God's like, I'm going to, I sent these angels to destroy the wickedness in this land. But, but notice what he does here. Notice what happens. He's like, I want you to gather, gather your family. You have any in-laws? You have any siblings? Um, where are they at? We're, we're going to go now. So Lot went out and said to his sons, verse 14, said to his sons-in-laws, who were to marry his daughters, get up out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. So they're like, you know, like it's a joke, like, you know, God's wrath's coming, we're going to destroy the place. Ha, 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 like, that's funny. Lot. Verse 15. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up! Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Verse 16. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. Here's how I want to define mercy from this story. The compassionate disposition of God that even when we linger, he acts on our behalf. Okay, so get this. God comes to Lot and he's like, I want to save your family from my wrath. I want to offer you salvation. And Lot's like, okay. But it wasn't this urgent thing. To, to, to these angels who were there speaking for God, it was this urgent thing. They like, want to offer you salvation, and he's just, he's just lingering. Okay, you know, I don't know how you handle lingering, but here's how I handle lingering. When my kids linger, Tobin, get your shoes on. Tobin, get your shoes on. Tobin, Tobin, put your pants back on. Tobin, get your shoes on. Tobin, we got to go. Okay, buddy, we're leaving. We'll see you. I threatened to leave him. Okay, now I know you're like, you're such an awful parent. Okay, I'm an awful parent. I threatened to leave him, and I'll go outside, and I'll kind of like watch him, you know, and, and he'll like start to cry. Okay, there we go. I'm just throwing myself under the bus. He'll literally start to cry, and, and it's a horrible parenting tactic that um, I've used at times to get him to like realize Quit lingering. We've got to go. What does God do? What does God do in our lingering, in our uncertainty, in our like, I don't know if I want you to save me, God. What does, it, what does he do? They picked them up. They grabbed Lot and their family, and they grabbed and said, we're getting you out of here. That's the mercy of God. Even in the midst of us lingering, his hand grabbing us. He's like, come on. I'm offering you salvation. I'm offering you salvation. Turn to Numbers chapter 21. It's to the right a couple books. Numbers 21. The context of this passage is that the Israelites have, um, they're basically um, in the wilderness. 
wandering in the wilderness. Um, out of, they're out of Egypt, and pick it up at verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against Moses and against, or spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out here? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Okay, so they've been brought out of Egypt, and at this point, they're in the wilderness, and they're like, take us back to slavery. Okay, they're complaining. Okay, so notice what God does. Verse 6. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. So that many people, so that many of the people of Israel died. God's like, you want to complain about the manna? You don't like my manna? You don't like my recipe? Give you something to complain about. You like snakes? How about venomous snakes? And the people came to Moses, verse 7, and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. So immediately their hearts are softened and they're broken before, before the Lord. They're like, they're, notice what they're doing. They're crying out for mercy because they're like, we don't want to die. We don't want to be bitten by these snakes and, and die. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of God's mercy. It's a picture of God withholding the wrath of these fiery serpents and hearing the cry for mercy from these people and offering a way to live. But in a second, we'll look at is a picture of Christ lifted up on a cross in Calvary. So here's mercy. The compassionate disposition to forgive an offender or adversary and to help or spare him in his sorry plight. That's the, that's the disposition of God. To forgive an offender. These guys offended God. And he offers mercy by giving up the bronze serpent as you, you look here. Ultimately what it's saying, you look to Jesus. I don't care who you are, I don't care how you're judged, I don't care what sin you walk in. You look to Jesus. And you can find mercy. Isn't it amazing that God, that God pities us? Like that sounds bad, doesn't it? I mean, when I hear God like pity is like a fun, like a fun, like you make fun of somebody in their shame. But no, like it's the idea that God has heartfelt compassion that leads him to action. Psalm 103 puts it this way. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger 
and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Mercy is the ever-present characteristic of God that won't allow his patience for his children to run out, resulting in their destruction. You know, the scripture defines God as, as having perfect patience. Has your patience ever ran out? Like, yeah, on the way to church today. Like, think, think about it. Like, maybe for uh, an employee, someone that you're in leadership of at work, and you're just like, just lose it. Maybe for a boss. Maybe for a parent. Maybe just your patience just like just is done for your parents. Maybe for your spouse. Just like for your kids. Maybe for God. I had this moment this week. I was just like, God, really? Like really? God, really? Now, biblically, if we do it right, it's called lament. And lament is complaint that finds its trust in God. That's inspired all over the scriptures. But it's this like, this God, really? This patience that, that runs out, and, and oftentimes it results in some rash emotional response, right? You've been there? And you're just like, I'm so glad no one is around right now because I'm like out of control. Listen, this, this is the pivot point. Okay, you go, let's talk extreme here for a second. This is the pivot point of child abuse. It is. It's the pivot point of domestic violence. It's the pivot point of spousal abuse. It's the pivot point of vandalism. It's the pivot point of acts of terrorism. It's the pivot point of suicide. Like, I just can't take it anymore. And you know what's incredible? Is that for the people of God that walk in these moments, God's ever-present. Is He not? But here's what's, here's what's crazy to think about. Is that the character of God that is mercy will not allow the patience of God to run out for us. Like, do you get that? Like, that should make you want to stand up and shout. The character of God that is mercy is such that it will not let the patience of God run out for us. Do you ever ask the question, God, why do you put up with me? Okay, come on. Come on, you know, you got like a pretty smile today. and You, you know, it's a great place to act like you got it all together. But like, like really? You ever get in those moments that you're just like, man, my, my soul is just a mess. Why do you put up with me? It's mercy. And it will not allow God's patience to cease. Won't. That's the amazing thing about being in the covenant love of God. Micah 
7, the prophet, in verses 18 and 19, says this. Who is a God like you? You want to compare gods? You want to compare the different, quote-unquote, gods of the world? Micah's like, who is a God like you? There is no other God like you. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. It's mercy. It's the mercy of God. And then let's look at the life of Jesus. Okay? The, the full expression of God's mercy is seen in the person of Jesus Christ, right? Right? The full expression of God's mercy is seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 1. Let's look at his life for a second. Mark 1, verse 40. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, will you make me clean? Okay, what's, what's leprosy? It's a skin disease. Okay? That made a person an outcast. Like, you're not welcome here. Literally was not even welcome in this city. If you will, will you make me clean? I love this. Verse 41. Look, look at Jesus. Moved with pity. What did he do? He just sat there and had this warm feeling in his heart for the guy over there that was rejected by so many. And he was just moved with pity and he just sat there and thought about how moved he was. No. What, what, what does he do? Move with pity. He stretched out his hand. Okay, like culturally, uh-uh. You, you tracking with that? Like, uh-uh. No. You don't, like, you're defiled. You touch that guy, you're defiled. Jesus, what do he do? Emotion led to action. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand. And he touched him. Like he actually touched him. And said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Like how cool is that? Like that's our God. I don't care where you're at, where you're at. I don't care how unclean you feel you are or how unclean the world says you are. Like, listen, that is our God whose pity leads to, I will be clean. You're invited in to the mercy of God. Be clean. You self-righteous, Bible-reading churchgoer who thinks you have it all together you need to be clean prodigal sexually immoral person you need to be clean I don't care where you're at like that's Jesus Luke chapter 11 I'm sorry Luke chapter 7 Look at this one. It will also be on the screen. Soon afterwards, he went to a town 
called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was near her. So Jesus is walking into this town, and out from this town, they're carrying a dead man who belongs to this widow. So this, person, this lady has lost her husband and just lost her only son. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. He had compassion on her. Okay, now notice. Notice what the compassion does. Notice what the, the character of mercy in the person of Christ, and listen, also in the people of God, Notice what it will do. He had compassion on her, and he said to her, so he begins to engage her in her pain. He says to her, do not weep. Then he came up, and he touched the beer, and the bearer stood still. So what, that is, what that's talking about is the beer is just actually what's holding the, the body or the casket, and those that were carrying it stopped in that moment. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Can you picture that? Can you picture broken widow who just lost her son? It comes to experience the mercy of God. Jesus rises him from the dead and then presents him back to his mother. Fear sees them all. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it to you as well? Fear sees them all. And they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. Look, when that kind of stuff happens, the only thing you chalk it up to is, um, God was here. Right? I mean, how else do you explain that? It's the mercy of God. In and through the life of Jesus. But what about his death? We read earlier a passage um, in, was it Numbers, I think? Um, whatever passage we read earlier. Um, that talked about the serpent being lifted up. Okay, listen to this. This is incredible. John chapter 3 points back to this image. Depicting God's mercy. And Moses, John 3, 14 and 15, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the, as, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Do you, do you follow that? So here's this picture of all of these people in Israel that, that they're under the, the wrath of God for a time. Okay, you want to complain? I'll give you something to complain about. Fiery snakes, and God says, um, here's a way for you to be saved. I'm going to raise up a serpent, and when you, whenever you look to that serpent, you will live. God says, that's my son. That's a picture of Jesus in the gospel. In the same way that, that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and told the people, if you look to the serpent, you'll find the mercy of God, and you'll be saved. He's saying to you and I, when we look to Christ, 
Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Listen, the wrath of God will at one point no longer be restrained for those who aren't the people of God. Do you follow that? Like, that's a huge thing. The wrath of God will be poured out in the full fury. Like, I don't believe hell is the absence of God. Like, that would make it better. I believe hell is the full, blown-out expression of God's wrath on sinful human beings. God's in hell. His wrath, his fury is in hell. It'd be better if God wasn't in hell. It wouldn't be as bad. And here's the thing. The mercy that's being expressed in these days for unbelievers will cease at one point. It will be fully disclosed. But those who look to the Son of Man who's been lifted up on the cross that we'll respond to in a little bit of his broken body and shed blood who on the cross was lifted up. If you look to him, you will be saved from the wrath of God and experience the full unending mercy of God. That's the picture. The satisfaction, the, the, the death of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus is the picture of the wrath of God being satisfied. Do you know what the illustration is? Pointing to the Old Testament? The mercy seat. Where was the mercy seat? Inside the temple, inside the Holy of Holies, it sat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? And it was, it was symbolic of where God sat to lead Israel. Okay? It depicted his authority. But every year, on the Day of Atonement, a high priest would go in and they'd sacrifice an an animal and the blood would be sprinkled on the mercy seat pleading for forgiveness for the sins of the nation of Israel. Literally, the images of that forgiveness is to be wiped out. To be wiped out clean, to cover over. And it's symbolic of the presence of God and his atonement depicted through the cross of Christ. So let me ask you this question. What, like, what do we do with this? Like, I feel like I just painted a pretty good picture of Mercy. What do we do with it? What's, what's, what's our response? No, number one, repent. And that's an invitation for everyone. Repent. And run and look to the serpent that's been lifted up. Look to the son of man that's been lifted up. Man, maybe it's for the millionth time. Maybe it's for the first time. And the second response is this. And it comes out of Luke 6.36. Here's what it says. Be merciful, even as your Father 
is merciful. Listen, God's mercy puts us under obligation to act as God has acted towards us. You follow that? Like, there should be no more gracious and merciful people on the planet than us, the people of God. Why? Because it's been poured out for us. It's been poured out for us. Do you know what the image is? won't take the time to go there. You can go there later, but Luke 10 the parable of the Good Samaritan. So you got a guy who's walking down the road, gets jumped, gets the snot beat out of him, left for dead. Priest walks by, you know, it's like, oh, stay away from that dude. Levite walks by, same deal. Samaritan walks by. And what does he do? He has compassion. Compassion, emotional response that leads to action. What does he do? He goes over to him, he binds up his wounds. takes the guy and he puts him on his donkey and he takes him to the nearest holiday inn and he gets him a room and he says take care of this guy feed him here's some money and whatever else you need to do you do it and when I come back I'll pay if I owe you more and he goes to so those extents to show mercy That's the response of the people of God to the mercy of God. Because literally, here's the thing, the image of mercy in the New Testament is to be moved in one's bowels. (laughs) Isn't that silly? I say that to my kids all the time. Isn't that silly? To be moved in one's bowels. Bowels were the center of affection leading to kindness towards others. So how can you respond to God? His mercy. His mercy. Rick read it this morning, or earlier. His mercies are new every morning. Still morning? Not if you keep going, come on. It's still morning. His mercies are new every morning. Bask and sit under the mercy of God. But maybe... You need to run to the mercy of God for the first time and ask for God to save your soul from his wrath. Or maybe God's putting someone in your mind and you're like, oh, why? And you're like, I want you to show mercy to this person. What does that look like? Under the God section on your bulletin, is a place where you can write that person's name, here's how you will respond, and here's who will keep you accountable. I encourage you to do that. If you feel like God's leading you, I need to express mercy to someone. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's a parent. The mercy of God poured out for us. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to respond. And the the elements are going to be up here. If you're a Christian, we invite you to come and tear off the, the bread and dip it in the juice, celebrating the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. If you're not a Christian, we, we want you to become a Christian today. 
We want to walk with you through that. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to journey with you this morning. But will you respond to the mercy of God that's been poured out for us? Let's pray. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you have in insurmountable ways brought about where we can receive your hand of compassion, your rescue. God, that you pity us is unreal. But sometimes I don't understand why you don't just do away with us. Sometimes we say, how long, O Lord? But I just wonder, sometimes you're like, how long will will you walk in sin? But thank you, God, that your patience is eternal and has no end. And your love and your acceptance, your arms are open to all. To all. We thank you. Would you move our hearts to respond to your mercy? But equally so, would you move our hearts to be people who are merciful? In Christ's name.